Welcome to Question Period. I'm Evan Solomon. Today on the program, the defense. There was a um, an erosion of trust, a, a lack of communications uh, to me um, and to my office about her uh, her state of mind on this. The denial. I continue to say that there was no inappropriate pressure. But no apology. The Prime Minister denies he did anything wrong. So who do you believe? The Prime Minister or the former Attorney General, Jody Wilson-Raybould? Today we bring you the latest on the evolving saga, that's the SNC-Lavalin affair, starting with the Public Services and Procurement Minister, Carla Qualtro. Is a deal still on the table for SNC-Lavalin? Will the Prime Minister kick his rote ministers out of the party? We'll find out then the fallout. If he doesn't do the right thing and step aside, Canadians will determine his fate this fall. The only way for us to get to the real heart of the matter is to have a public inquiry. What should happen next? Should Wilson Rabel be brought back before the committee to respond to the Prime Minister? MPs are here to debate that. Then, how damaging is the loss of the high-profile cabinet minister, Jane Philpott, who says she's lost confidence in the government? Did the prime minister help or hurt the controversy? The scrum is here to weigh in. Our special guest today, the former interim conservative leader, Rana Ambrose, CTV pollster Nick Nanos, also Bob Fife from the Globe and Mail will drop by. This is Question Period. Let's go get some answers. Each of these interactions was a conversation among colleagues about how to tackle a challenging issue. Each came at a time when my staff and I believed that the former Minister of Justice and Attorney General was open to considering other aspects of the public interest. However, I now understand that she saw it differently. He's not sorry. He didn't do anything wrong. She experienced things differently than he did. And too bad there was a breakdown of trust. That sums up the Prime Minister's view. Justin Trudeau says neither he nor his staff did anything wrong when talking to former Attorney General Jody Wilson-Raybould about giving SNC-Lavalin a deferred prosecution agreement instead of facing a criminal trial. He says he didn't know her decision on the issue back in September was final. So how could the Prime Minister and Jody Wilson-Raybould have experienced the same events so differently? What's coming next? Let's get some answers now. Joining me from Vancouver is the Public Services and Procurement Minister, Carla Qualtro. Always good to have you on the program, Minister. The Prime Minister says that Jody Wilson-Raybould experienced everything differently than everyone else. She was very specific in her testimony that no, he and his team attempted to politically interfere with the decision. She's a lawyer, he's not. Is the Prime Minister just using politically correct language to say Jody Wilson-Raybould is a liar? Oh, I don't think so at all, Evan. I think that what we heard from the Prime Minister was he does regret how things went down. He did admit that he should have been more on top of this file, that he should have been talking with the Attorney General. Um, you heard Jerry Butts testify that as the point person in his office for her, he should have known that she was experiencing things this way. I, I heard a lot of omission and I heard a lot of regret from the Prime Minister. There was no apology, but, but this all this is about uh, etiquette. It's about politeness. Well, I guess I should have listened. She didn't say, it's not like she's a wallflower. She said it's not about being polite, it's about the principle of political interference in the independence of justice. The Prime Minister seems to argue this is all about a misunderstanding. She's saying, and by the way, Jane Philpott says, they're both resigning because of principle, not, not politeness. What do you say? 
Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day and how I've come to see it is there is this massive fundamental breakdown in, in both communications and at the end that led to this breakdown in trust. And the Prime Minister's office and clearly the clerk and quite frankly me and other cabinet members thought this was an ongoing decision um, that was that was to be made around whether or not this company should get a DPA. And so it was always on the table for further discussion. And the Attorney General thought she made her, said she made her final decision at the end of September. And any um, discussion around that decision post that time period was, in her mind, political interference. If, if this was all a big misunderstanding, oh, you thought it was one thing, I thought it was one thing, why then in the shuffle did he continue to shuffle Jody Wilson-Raybould? Well, again, I wasn't and, and I'm not privy to the conversations with the Prime Minister and his thinking around cabinet shuffles. I've been through a few of those myself and, and quite frankly lost what I thought was my dream job when I was shuffled into public services. But the reality is, is that Jerry Butts laid out the advice he gave and the thinking behind that advice to the Prime Minister's, and it was the Prime Minister's call to make. Uh, my understanding of Jerry Butts' testimony was once the, an offer was on, that was on the table was rejected, it wasn't his advice to the Prime Minister that you put that minister back into the previous role. Uh, okay. Let me ask you then, will your government and will the Prime Minister rule out giving a deferred prosecution agreement to SNC-Lavalin now? Is that off the table or is it still on the table? Two points. One, not my call. It's definitely in the hands of the Attorney General. But legally, yes, until there's the point of criminal conviction, a company can be offered or negotiated to a DPA, yes. Okay, legally, but let, let me just get this straight. A company like SNC-Lavalin that is on criminal trial for bribing officials for millions of dollars, it's been, yep. it's been on, in Montreal in the McGill Medical Center, bribery there, $30,000 for prostitutes for Muammar Gaddafi's son. You're saying, your party's arguing that, that the threshold still hasn't crossed, that they have not still abdicated their right to avoid a criminal trial with all that? Are you serious? No, and that's not at all what I'm saying. In fact, I would say quite the opposite. Everything you just listed is probably the rationale or part of the rationale behind both the prosecutor and the attorney general not going down this path. What I'm saying is it's up to the current attorney general um, and, and on the advice of the prosecution. I mean, these trials can absolutely fall apart. Car corporate crime is hard to prove. A DPA would grant, uh, in some way, a guaranteed punishment for a company that might get off criminally. One of the things the prime minister said and Gerald Butt said, and your government said, is if we don't give these guys the option of a deferred prosecution agreement, we could lose 9,000 jobs. 9,000 jobs would be lost if SNC-Lavalin is convicted. They could move their headquarters. Is there, what evidence, I want hard evidence from you, so you're the government minister on, what evidence, real evidence do you have that 9,000 jobs would be lost? History would tell you that when corporations are convicted, jobs are lost, sometimes companies go bankrupt, sometimes um, they, their headquarters leave the country, so the potential of job loss is a significant factor. You know what, can we tell you exactly the precise number? No. But we can tell you that jobs are in jeopardy, and that's enough that it warrants consideration. Yeah, but consideration over four months. There's no evidence. You and I both know SNC-Lavalin has a contract with the Pension Fund of Quebec, the Caisse de Depot, to keep their headquarters there till 2024. So it was a sham that they were going to move it. They've got contracts right here in Ottawa. They've got a contract for $600 million uh, light rail transit here. Does your government have any evidence, real evidence, not you know, speculation that those jobs would be jeopardized by a criminal trial, yes or no? 
My understanding is if the company was convicted criminally, there were definitely jobs in jeopardy, but no, Evan, I can't give you a direct number. Minister, let me ask you about Jane Philpott. Were you surprised when she suddenly resigned from Cabinet? Well, Jane and I had become quite good friends and still remain friends, and I knew, like the pr Prime Minister, that she had concerns uh, around how our government was handling this, but she very strongly believed if she was going to stand with us as a team and, and the, the principle of cabinet solidarity that she had to be comfortable with what was going on and she decided that she couldn't and she wasn't. So I wasn't surprised, I was saddened, but not surprised. Yeah, but she didn't just resign because, as Bill Warner sort of alluded to, she's close friends with Jordy Wilson-Raybould. No. She resigned because of the principle. She said she's lost confidence in how this cabinet has, f has fundamentally handled the principle of independent justice. She said it was a matter of integrity. Now she's still a member of the caucus. I mean, you're a minister. She said, I couldn't do the job that you're doing right now because it would be a violation of my integrity. What do you say back to her? Well, I, I respect, uh, I guess, Dr. Philpott's perspective on this, and I respect that she's standing up for her principles. I'm very comfortable and consider myself to be a person of integrity with um, being absolutely behind and having confidence in the Prime Minister on this issue. It's tough, Evan, when you're a member of a team and one of your teammates loses confidence in the team. But remember that both her and Jody Wilson-Raypoel both want to be and remain part of the Liberal caucus. Do you think they should remain? They've said they've lost confidence in the cabinet over a fundamental principle of justice. These are not just two MPs. The former health minister, former president of the treasury board, the former attorney general, the former veterans minister. Do you think they should remain in your caucus? Well, I think that, you know, I think that remains almost in their hands. And I would say that I'm in caucus because I have confidence in the leader because I share liberal values and I share the vision for the country that our Prime Minister, as the leader of the party, has put forth. If they can express confidence in the leader and in our values and our vision, I think the tent's big enough. And I don't think that's my call to make. Am I comfortable within those parameters of having them? Absolutely. I gotta leave it there. Uh, Minister Carla Qualtrough, always a pleasure to have you on the program. I really appreciate it. Coming up on this program, though, Justin Trudeau's former Principal Secretary, Gerald Butts, told his side of the story at committee this week. But did his testimony leave more questions than answers? MPs will weigh in on that and the Trudeau press conference as well. When we come back, stay right here with Question Period. I learned for the first time while watching the former Attorney General's testimony that she had made a final decision on the 16th of September. My understanding is that nobody in the PMO or PCO knew that at that time either. I told him that I had done my due diligence and had made up my mind on SNC and that I was not going to interfere with the decision of the, of the director. Okay, let me do some simultaneous political translation of what you just saw. Despite all that careful politeness from Justin Trudeau and his former principal secretary who you just saw, Gerald Butts, their message was simple. She's wrong. Butts outlined the case as to why Jody Wilson-Raybould's argument about unacceptable pressure, her truth, distorts his truth, or the truth, as the Liberals see it. And the Prime Minister picked up the Butts' defense. Nothing illegal, nothing inappropriate. It's just all a great big misunderstanding. It's about politeness, not principle. So we've heard from the main players now what should happen next. Should Ms. Wilson-Raybould return to committee? 
so we can get more answers. Let's find out. Joining me now, Liberal MP and Justice Committee member Randy Boissonneau. He's in Edmonton. Pierre Paulievre is the Conservative finance critic. He is here in Ottawa. And Tracy Ramsey is an NDP MP from Ontario. She is in Windsor. Great to see all of you. Mr. Boissonneau, i got to start with you. You're a member of the committee. Sure. You've called back Michael Wernick, the clerk, for a second time. Jody Wilson-Raybould wants to come back. Will you agree to call back Jody Wilson-Raybould? Well, that's a discussion for the committee at its next meeting, and let's just clarify why Mr. Wernick and Mr. Wank came back. It was very clear that Ms. Wilson-Raybould and Mr. Butts uh, were covered under the waiver, uh, but Mr. Wernick and Ms. DeWine testified before that waiver was issued. So the reason we had them to come back is so that they could speak under the cover of the same waiver that Ms. Wilson-Raybould and Mr. Butts did, and that was important for us to do. To be fair, Jody Wilson-Raybould was not allowed to speak about any event on, after mm -hmm. uh, she was demoted. She wants to speak, but spoke about that time. She couldn't. Just please tell us, yes or no, will you agree to call her back? Well, I'm not going to speak for the committee, Evan. That's a decision for the committee at its next justice meeting. Meeting, And what I can say is that uh, the motion that we passed, right. what we're actually looking into is the interactions between the Attorney General and the SNC-Lavalin issue. It has nothing to do with her time after uh, being well, AG. All right. Well, clearly she, Mr. Polly Ever, clearly Jody Wilson-Rabel argues that it's material to w her mm -hmm. case that she wants to speak. I can't get a straight answer from Mr. Boisno about uh, if, she, if he'll agree or not. Should she come back to committee? Yes, yes, I will give you a straight answer on that point. She should come back. The reality is material events may have happened after she was punted out of the Attorney General position, and those events ultimately led to her resignation. Did she find additional evidence of political interference and pressure? Uh, did she find that she was lied to, had been lied to uh, by the Prime Minister or others during her time as Attorney General, but did she learn about it afterwards? If the Liberals have nothing to hide, then they should let her come back and re remove the entire gag order they originally imposed. Uh, Tracy Ramsey, what's your take on what needs to happen next? Is that a critical step in your party's view? Absolutely. Uh, that's why we've called, along with the opposition, for the uh, emergency meeting that will happen next week to discuss this because the Liberals voted it down uh, when Mr. Butts was at committee this week. This makes no sense. You know, trying to say that they're, they are going to look at the scope of this particular study just highlights the fact that the Justice Committee isn't the place to actually get down to the bottom of the truth. The place to do that is an independent public inquiry. That is what the NDP, uh, you know, we've been calling for consistently, and that is what is needed to get to the truth because the Liberals are gatekeeping on the truth right now at that committee. Let me just go back to Pierre uh, Polyevra. What, what did you make of Justin Trudeau's take? Because we finally got his take uh, about what happened. He didn't apologize for it, but he, he believes it's all a misunderstanding, nothing mm. inappropriate, and he stands by his actions. Your take on, on his view now. He has stated things that are factually impossible. Like, for example, he said yesterday, SNC could leave Canada altogether if it's prosecuted. That's not just untrue. It is impossible. The company has an agreement with the Case Depot, Depot, the Quebec Pension Fund, to stay for seven years in Montreal. It has signed a 20-year lease. It has renovated its headquarters to accommodate its 2,000 employees there. It has contracts that must be executed here in Canada, like the one right here in Ottawa, for a $600 million expansion of mass transit. It can't do that in another country. So that is a blatant falsehood, which either shows that the Prime Minister is breathtakingly ignorant of the facts or lying. Okay, Mr. Boisneau, obviously the Conservatives are asking the RCMP 
to investigate, and they think it meets the investigative threshold because of what Mr. Polyevra just said. Did the Prime Minister tell the truth? Was there political interference and justice? Where did they come up with this? Well, why don't you answer that question? Where did your government come up with this $9,000 stat on job mm -hmm. losses? What's the evidence? Well, the evidence is that there's 9,000 employees in Canada, and they're, just to state for, clearly for the record, only about 3,000 in Quebec, SNC-Lavalin employees are across the country, including a thousand here in Alberta. And Evan, you know that I come from a part of the country that was hit hard leaving? by the downturn in the world price of, well, I'll get to that, Pierre. Here in Alberta, we had 100,000 job losses thanks to the downturn in the world oil prices. We can't afford to have another thousand engineers put out of work because of a criminal proceeding that be. could lead to bankruptcy that could then put all of those pensioners and all of those jobs at risk. I mean, it's, it's responsible and normal for the government to be defending jobs. And when you're looking at the options that are before you in a then public policy consideration, where are you defending auto if jobs thousands and thousands of jobs were doing the same Where's thing, Mr. Baines has been very clear about the Oshawa situation. That's why we decided here in the, in the West to make sure we're building the TMX pipeline okay. across the country. And that's very important that the government's where's your job evidence that those jobs, to defend where is your jobs. evidence that where okay, is your on, evidence me, that those jobs are Tracy Ramsey. Hold on, let yeah. me bring in Tracy Ramsey. Can't. Tracy Ramsey, I know you want to jump in. Go for yeah. it. There are many workers that this government has not stood up for, has not created public policy to protect jobs for, has not done anything for. The Prime Minister hasn't even been to Oshawa, where we're talking 40,000 jobs under threat. So this idea now that, you know, he'll stand up, even if it's 300 jobs he referenced, uh, that's just not ringing true to Canadians. Okay, last minute, uh, Pierre Polyevra. I want to know what happens now. Jody Wilson-Raybould has said nothing illegal was done. Jody Wilson-Raybould said the system works. Jody Wilson-Raybould said I was never formally directed. She just said there was inappropriate pressure. Given all that, the Liberals say it's all a misunderstanding. What in your mind needs to happen next? We need to hear the rest of Jody Wilson-Raybould's story before committee. And now that we have new evidence, I think we need to ask, uh, was, uh, did th someone in the Prime Minister's team lie to Jody Wilson-Raybould about the headquarter jobs leaving the country? knowing that that was factually untrue. Uh, there are, for example, the Prime Minister has to specifically answer for the fact that he goes out and says she never raised any concern with him, even though she has testified before a parliamentary committee that she looked him in the eye and raised precisely the concerns that she has later made public. So those are all questions that we need to be answered. Tracy Ramsey, last word to you. What needs to happen next? Jody Wilson-Raybould needs to come to finish her testimony. The Prime Minister needs to come under oath. We need a public inquiry, and we need to get down to the bottom of the truth because what we're getting are snippets, and Canadians deserve better than that. Uh, we need the full truth to come out and the Liberals to stop blocking it at the committee level. All right, uh, we'll watch what happens uh, this week. Randy Boissonneau, Pierre Polyevra, and Tracy Ramsey, great to see all of you as this debate continues, but we've got lots more coming up on the program. Did the Prime Minister help or hurt his case by not making a full apology? Two former directors of communication analyze why the Liberal strategy to get out of this controversy has so far not worked. Will anything work? Let's find out next. Stay with Question Period. The allegations reported in the story are false. Uh, at no time did I or uh, my office uh, direct uh, the current or previous Attorney General. If anyone, particularly the Attorney General, felt that we were not doing our job 
fully responsibly and according to all the rules as a government. It was her responsibility to come forward to me this past fall. If Scott Bryson had not stepped down from cabinet, Jody Wilson-Raybould would still be Minister of Justice and Attorney General. Over the past months, there was an erosion of trust between my office and specifically my former principal secretary and the former Minister of Justice and Attorney General. Well, the Prime Minister's story has changed a lot as this controversy over SNC-Lavalin has marinated over the last month. Month. But he's now settled on a few lines, I guess. Nothing inappropriate happened. Jody Wilson was able to experience things differently than I did. It's all about jobs. But are those lines enough to stop more questions? Is there a way out for Justin Trudeau now that another minister, Jane Philpott, has resigned? Can he tolerate Wilson Raybould and Jane Philpott acting as a kind of internal resistance in the caucus, or does he have to kick them out? Let's find out. Joining me now are two people who have handled political crises for a living and right here in Ottawa. From London, England, Andrew McDougall, Stephen Harper's former director of communication, and Scott Reed, the former director of communications for Paul Martin. Great to have both of you here. I got to start with you, Andrew McDougall. How would you rate the Prime Minister's big, we'll call it non-apology strategy uh, this week? Did he get it right or wrong? Well, I, I think he got it wrong, but I think what happened with the Prime Minister is he saw how well Jerry Butts's testimony at committee went down the day before and thought, that feels like a line I can defend. And so any thoughts he might have had about being a bit more contrite and, and apologetic, I think, went out the window when he saw a line of defense that he could hold. And he took the decision to hold that line now. And he's going to say, as you said, this is really about jobs, jobs, jobs. That's always been our concern, our motivation. And, and sorry if somebody took my concern about jobs uh, the wrong way, but I was always concerned about jobs. And have I said jobs, jobs, jobs enough? Uh, Scott Reed, uh, you're looking at it. He finally got his chance. He watched his, his former principal secretary and his best friend, uh, Gerald Butts. Then he thought, okay, as uh, Andrew said, he sort of parroted that. Did he get it right or wrong? Well, it depends on what he was trying to achieve. If it was supposed to be a reset, if, it, for example, you were saying to the prime minister in his office, as a guy like Andrew or myself might have to other prime ministers at one time, look, we have to wipe the slate clean. We have to stop this thing. We have to reverse course and have a brand new dialogue on this. Uh, then it obviously didn't work. But it's obvious to me that that wasn't his objective. Uh, I, I thought that might have been the strategy. I thought as people were leaking stories and suggesting there was going to be contrition, there was going to be some kind of course correction, that that was what we were going to get. They didn't, we did not get that. And so I think fundamentally uh, we witnessed a variation on the existing theme which suggests to me that the Prime Minister and his folks think, you know what, we can square our shoulders and we can walk through this. He, it seemed this Goldilocks strategy of I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry, I'm not kicking them out, but I disagree with them. Can he survive on the Goldilocks strategy? Well, I think what we've seen is they've done a pretty quick sounding, certainly of the ministry, because they all issued their kind of North Korea-like statements of support for dear leader after Phil Pot went, and they've gone through the caucus, or they should have at least gone through the caucus to see if anybody else was having big ideas about going. And I think they've done that sounding, and, and it feels to me like it's come back with a negative, and, and nobody else is going to go, and they're willing to put their shoulder to the wheel if only the Liberal leader could come up with a story that, that, that they could support. And I think they feel that they have that story, and that him taking any kind of grandiose or strong, tough action 
to, to sanction Wilson-Raybould or Philpott more would only make things worse. And, you know, to Scott's point, you really, it, it's clear that they're not going to backtrack on SNC-Lavalin. The whole point of sneaking this legislation into the budget bill to pass it was to give SNC an out. I think we can expect to see uh, the SNC uh, deferred prosecution agreement given uh, uh, over the near uh, next week, maybe, or two weeks. Uh, Scott, let me go to the opposition. Uh, you've got on one side Andrew Scheer almost daily saying you got to resign, the RCMP should investigate, and then you've got Jugmeet Singh saying we got to have a public inquiry. Both of them agree that Jody Wilson-Raybould should be asked back to testify in front of committee. Uh, are the, uh, what do you make of the opposition and their tactics surrounding this? So I have a strangely contradictory reaction. I think that Jay Meet Singh has taken a better approach and has performed more poorly. I think Andrew Scheer has actually performed reasonably well in front of the cameras on this, but I don't think his message is tracked. I think this, you know, you, everybody's got to resign immediately. The Prime Minister has to resign. I would hold that card back. I would wait for bigger, broader developments. I like the idea, if you're from the opposition, of demanding a public inquiry, of saying, you know what, let's, let's, let's have lots of process and therefore lots of opportunities to have new reportable items, and let's drag that process out and see. Bleed them. Bleed them day by day. That would be the thought I would have if I was in the opposition. Then Andrew Scheer steps up and says, resignation. Everybody shrugs their shoulders and says, well, let's go to the next thing since that ain't going to happen. Yeah, was that a mistake, Andrew, uh, Andrew McDougall? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he, he went way too early and way too hard on that. And, and he wasn't alone. You had members of the commentariat writing columns saying he should go right away. He's lost moral authority. But I agree 100% with Scott. It was too soon. And I think if you would, you know, take, take the more Mulcarian approach uh, during Duffy of being prosecutorial and, and asking those tough questions, I think he got a hint of that, oddly enough, with Lisa Raid at committee showing some real chops at, at holding some people's feet to the fire. And she made Michael Warnock look like a fool. And I think that's what Canadians want to see, kind of pointed questions, getting hard answers that make news. And to Scott's point, to drag this out as long as you can uh, for, the, for the opposition, make it hurt. Guys, last word, uh, Andrew. Like, every government goes through their scandals. There's a, Harper went through the Duffy scandal, which you know well, the sponsorship scandal. These guys are going through the SNC-Lavalin. If you said, look, I've been through one of these things, the Mike Duffy situation, lessons learned here. This is dragging out now past a month and could go much further. What's the biggest lesson that you may have learned from past experience that the Liberals have not clearly learned yet? No matter how bad it is, get it out all at once as soon as you can. This nonsense of Jody Wilson-Raybould not being allowed to speak about her time as Veterans Affairs Minister just leaves these, these little bits of the puzzle that haven't been explored that are potential landmines. And you just have to, no matter how hard it is or how painful you think it's going to be, get it all out at once. Uh, Scott, what's your take? I agree with that. The other thing I would say is remember your brand. Don't make people who support you and want to support you again choose awkwardly. And my, by that I mean this. If you're the Prime Minister, you don't want people to say, I want to be with you, but I don't want to be against Jane Philpott, and I don't want to be against Jody Wilson-Raybould. Take me off this hook, Prime Minister. I think that's a message that people have to hear, because they don't want to be running against Liberals. They don't want to be running against people that they would like to be in support of just as much as they're in support of Justin Trudeau. Well, I'll tell you, if, if the goal for Justin Trudeau was to take back control of the narrative, my sense... Uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould still very much has her hands on the steering wheel on this one. Andrew McDougall and Scott Reed, great to have you both on the program. Appreciate that advice. Coming up, did Justin Trudeau's no-apology strategy to Jody Wilson-Raybould mark the beginning of the end of this whole controversy? 
or just the end of the beginning. The Scrum is here next with their thoughts. Our special guest, former conservative interim leader, Ronna Ambrose, Bob Fife from the Globe and Mail will join us. Stay right here with Question Period. As we look back over the past past weeks, there are many of less, many lessons to be learned, uh, and many things that uh, uh, we would like to ha have done differently. And that is certainly part of the reflection uh, we need to have going forward. Well, that was the closest the prime minister came to apologizing over the SNC Lavalin affair that has lost him two strong cabinet ministers just seven months before a federal election. Now, Justin Trudeau says there was no inappropriate pressure on the former attorney general, Jody Wilson-Raybould. He was just defending jobs. She was just experiencing everything differently than he did. But he did admit that there was an erosion of trust between uh, the prime minister's office and Ms. Wilson-Raybould. We all knew that. Meantime... Another high-powered minister who resigned, Jane Philpott. You've got another MP, Selena uh, Cesar Chavanes, who apparently does not the believe that the prime minister has lived up to his words about listening to women in a tweet. And now a new story in the Globe and Mail. What was the most damaging part of the week? Did the prime minister help or hurt his cause? Let's bring in the scum and get their take. Bob Fife is the Ottawa Bureau Chief for the Globe and Mail. Joyce Napier is CTV's Ottawa Bureau Chief. Craig Oliver is CTV's Chief Political Commentator. They haven't slept in about a week. And our special <laughs> guest today is the former interim Conservative leader, Ron Ambrose. She is in New York City, where we should say she was just recognized as one of the 100 global leaders at the UN supporting women's issues. Congratulations, Ron Ambrose. Great to have you all here. Um, let me start Thanks. with you, Bob. The Globe broke this story. You talked to Selena Cesar Chavez. This is a, a, a liberal MP who's decided not to run again. She had a cryptic tweet saying that essentially Justin Trudeau doesn't live up to his I listen to women. Uh, what it, tell us a bit about that, the, the impact of this story and what she's saying. Well, Ms. Cesar Chavez had an interview with the Globe Mail's Laura Stone. And she said the prime minister had treated her with hostility. When she informed him that she did not plan to run again, he yelled at her, according to Ms. Cesar Savannah. She said he yelled at her and said, you can't do this. you got to hold off on this announcement because of this controversy. I can't afford to lose two color women of color. And, uh, and then uh, she went to see him again to sort of try to make up with him. And she said he just stared her down and treated her with hostility. So uh, the prime minister has got a problem here with at least three women. Uh, and and it, it's going to damage his reputation as the feminist prime minister if he treats women like this. It is blowing away the whole gender strategy that this government uh, is so much of a core of what it represents. And, you know, I think we all thought it would be the indigenous uh, effort that was the one that was going to really hurt them the most, but it's not. Everywhere you go, women are angry about the way he's been treating women, and, and you're hearing this from the caucus also. Ron Amherst, let me bring you in. You watched, I mean, that's the latest ball. You, you watched Justin Trudeau try to handle this, this whole scandal at his press conference. Did he help or hurt his cause? Well, I think he left out saying one of the things that a lot of Canadians would like to hear that would put this to bed. If he said, I've made a decision that I'm going to respect the decision of the independent director of public prosecutions and therefore respect the decision Jody Wilson-Raybould made, we will not be intervening in a criminal prosecution. 
and we're going to let that independent body or independent office make that decision. That's actually one of the things that continues to hang over the government's head because there is this suspicion and skepticism that all of this, all the chaos, all of the changing of messaging, all of the ethical issues that, that, are, that are surrounding the government continue because people think all of it is being done to intervene, to set the stage to intervene in a, in a public prosecution. Yeah, Joyce, your read, and, and Rana raises a good point. I, I'm surprised he's made SNC-Lavalin and their reputation the political heel he wants to die on. He hasn't ruled that out. You watched real close this week. You reported a lot on it. What's your take, help or hurt the cause? Against Jody Wilson-Raybould's testimony, which was pretty strong, well, you know, exposed, well presented, coherent dates, names, the whole thing, all they really needed to do, if we're, you know, in, in legal terms, is, is to put in a little bit of a doubt, a reasonable doubt in what she said. And I think that between the Prime Minister and Gerald Butts, there is now that little hint of a reasonable doubt. Now we have questions as well about what Jody Wilson-Raybould did and said. We don't know why the director of public prosecutions has decided to proceed with a prosecution yeah. or why Jody Wilson-Raybould decided mm -hmm. to back her. But let's look at the evidence. This is a company banned for 10 years from the World Bank for bribery and fraud. Right. This is a company of which one of its major executives was convicted of bribing and corruption in Switzerland. This is a company that was found guilty and the CEO pleaded guilty for the McGill uh, Health Center, University yeah. Health Center. This is a company now under RCMP investigation for the Champagne Bridge uh, issue. And, and if you look at that, this is not a company this is a culture. It looks like a culture of corruption in this company. And a, t a deferred prosecution agreement is supposed to be for a few bad apples, not the whole barrel of bad apples. And I think that's the problem. But uh, there are still workers the government involved, you see. That's the whole issue, is that it's true. You're, you're quite right. But there are workers involved, and the deferred prosecution, the, only problem the objective with that, Joyce, of the is deferred prosecution is to protect those who should not be punished for the sins of their managers. That is the, basically the only problem the with that is even Gerald Botts admitted at committee yes, they yes. never even did a study to find out if any jobs were right if those nine thousand jobs if that yeah. statistic that they've if quoted they has any that, evidence yes. uh, Craig wanted to jump in this whole issue of a deferred prosecution is still an open question. Lametti, David Lametti, right. the new Attorney General, knows what the Prime Minister wants. The Prime Minister knows what he wants. The Prime Minister had a chance on Friday to say we're not going to interfere with the decision that had been made earlier. He could have said that because he lost a big one this week when the appeal court right. said no to Lavalin. But a deferred prosecution is an open-ended thing until the end of a real trial. Well, the, deferred no, the, prosecution problem that, the problem with that, and I know you want to go to Rona, but the problem with that is you're now saying that, that white-collar criminals can always go to the very end. Yeah. Nobody else can, but you're right. saying, okay, the the prosecution That's never the, ends I, I, until I, I, until there is a conviction. That is well, not on. the objective of this bill. This is not the objective no, of it. No, but that okay, that well, is the objective. Of the Prime me, Minister I want to bring in Rana because uh, you're the only one here that's been a minister, and I'm <laughs> and I'm intrigued by this because I thought this. Listen, there's so much happened in the last eight days, right? Uh, you got the testimony of Gerald Butts, but then the big shoe dropped, of course, which was Jane Philpott the most well-respected, in, in some ways a moral authority in that mm -hmm. government. She resigns. 
Rana, you've been inside cabinet. How does Justin Trudeau go on with these two very widely respected women? Now you've got the story in the Globe this weekend, but them just sitting there as daily indictments of what they call the integrity of the cabinet. Should he kick them out? Can he tolerate them inside the caucus? If he kicks them out, I think it gets worse. It does get worse. I know there are people that think that if anyone does anything wrong in caucus, you should turf them to teach them a lesson. In fact, that's, I think, what probably happened with Jody Wilson-Raybould when she said no thanks to the Indigenous portfolio. Having said that, I even knew that she didn't want the Indigenous portfolio before she apparently was ever offered it. She has publicly talked about not wanting to be seen as, as a token in the community, but also not wanting to be an advocate for the Indian Act. I don't know how they didn't know that. Guys, i got to leave it there. One thing I can tell you. The debate has not stopped. Every single day, there's something new. So, uh, Ronna Ambrose, congratulations on the award from the United Nations. Very well deserved. Thank you so much for being here. Bob Fife, always good to see you here. The rest of the panel will stay, and we'll be joined by Tonda McCharles and Nick Nanos. Why? Because we will discuss the political price of a scandal. Is this going to do long-term damage to the Trudeau brand, or does it start to fizzle out? We'll find out next. Stay right here with Question Period. erosion of trust has been between Justin Trudeau and Canadians. He has looked millions of Canadians in the eye and said things that just aren't true. We should have saw an apology today. We should have saw an admission of, uh, of wrongdoing. Well, the opposition, as you can see, they're piling on the Prime Minister after he doubled down on the denials that he didn't do anything inappropriate by asking the former Attorney General, Jordy Wilson-Raybould, to reconsider her decision not to interfere in the SNC-Lavalin case. Political support for Mr. Trudeau and the Liberals has been tumbling since this story broke more than a month ago. That's right, more than a month ago. Can he stem the bleeding? If so, how? Let's bring back the scrum to find out. Joining us for this round is the great Tonda McCharles, senior reporter with the Toronto Star. By the way, also hasn't slept in the last four weeks. Uh, Joyce Napier is back, of course. Craig Oliver is back. And our special guest is the president and CEO of Manos Research, Nick Manos. Uh, Nick, um, two significant events. I mean, first you had the, the Gerald Butts testimony that we paid attention to. I think that was about 40 years ago, but in political time. But then Jane Philpott resigned. That was a, a, a stunner. Has this started to hurt the Liberals, and if so, how much? Absolutely. You know, when we look at the polling, for the folks that aren't into the Liberals in the Prairie Provinces, they are fired up over this. But the interesting thing, the Conservatives have realized damage in the province of Quebec. Their numbers are down. The one killer number, Liberals among women voters. They used to have a 20-point advantage. Now it's only five percentage points. That's what has put their mandate in jeopardy. Women being concerned about this issue. Well, that's fascinating. Really uh, so let, let's let's refract that through Justin Trudeau's non-apology. Uh, Tonda, what struck you about that as he tried to kind of really roll out finally his damage control strategy? No, it struck me that it wasn't an apology of any sort and the contrition that was advertised that was coming Canadians' way in advance never happened. Uh, that was a bad moment, I thought, from a communications perspective. But, but I don't see this just as a comms story. I see this as a story where the government still doesn't realize it has some legal challenges ahead. And the admissions that came from Justin Trudeau in his news conference, uh, I think, showed a certain degree of, you know, deliberate asking the attorney general to overturn a decision. And, and then the, he instructing his, him instructing his staff through the faulty, 
follow up with her, I think that's problematic for them. Yeah, Joyce, uh, he, Trudeau has copied the butt strategy. We know his the lines. Do those hold up under continued scrutiny? Jody Wilson-Raybould may end up getting called back to the Justice Committee. Can, can those lines hold and they just got to wait this thing out? Actually, I thought uh, Gerald Butts did them a bigger favor, despite the fact mm -hmm. that he doesn't work with them anymore. Um, I think he did better than the Prime Minister. I think that the bar was very high and he actually lived up to a challenge. He was calm, he was courteous, he was uh, friendly. Despite everybody wanting apologies, I still don't know why we all expected an apology from the min Prime Minister, but I think a better, more muscular explanation would have been a hundred times better than an apology. Craig. You know what, I, I'm not sure that Butts' appearance worked. His strategy was to create the impression in the public mind that this is all he said, she said. Well, it is I partially think, that. But not really. Uh, I think the public believes increasingly that it was all about a government in its own interests of interfering with a criminal prosecution. And once that idea gets firmly set in the public mind, I think the government has lost an election. I'm not sure it has yet, but it's going that way. All right. Well, 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 let's talk about that. Is there fatigue settling? And if the Liberals tell me, well, we don't want to call back Jody Wilson-Raybould, Nick, because you know what? She's had her four hours. Now the prime minister, their, their strategy now is just to wait it out and hope that there's fatigue setting in. What do you see in the polls? Or do Canadians want more of the truth? Do they feel like things have been answered? And is this thing fading or is it just beginning? Well, there's no fatigue in the green belt, that's for sure, because it's a feeding frenzy, this yeah. particular okay. controversy. Oh, okay. But once we step out of that, you know, most Canadians are still concerned about jobs. Jobs, right? By a margin of two and a half to one, jobs is more important than the SNC-Lavalin controversy. So they take an interest in this. This is an important issue. It is defined, not has defined. It will define the mandate of Justin Trudeau because this will always be on his record, so to speak. But uh, for a lot of Canadians, they're still interested in bread and butter issues like can my mother get her hip replaced and do I have a job? But whose jobs? Jobs for Liberal members of Parliament in Quebec or jobs for your average people who need work. I think that's a very big question too. Politically for them. And, yeah. and I got who are they working for? And what about uh, earlier, Andrew Shear? we were speaking about him. Shear and Jagmeet Singh, they obviously see this as a massive opportunity, Tonda. Mm -hmm. But there's calls for resignations for Shear, calls for an RCMP investigation. And then you've got Jagmeet Singh, who's kind of introduced himself. He'll soon be in the House of Commons in, the, in about a week and a half. Mm -hmm. uh, he's calling for a public inquiry. Have they done the right thing on this? I think the call for the public inquiry uh, gained, I think, uh, a basis after Butts and Trudeau's testimony because, uh, like I said, I think that there are some legitimate questions that are not getting a proper well, uh, fact-finding and adjudication. So I think, I think the beauty of a public inquiry would be a public airing of this under a controlled circumstance where it's not partisans asking the questions. So I actually now think there's a bit more merit to it. The problem with that is they drag on forever. That's Everyone right. lawyers up and you know that'll be long past the election. We may already know what we need to know to make our own assessments about well, what happened. What I, that's well, that's what, what I think the Liberals are banking on. on yes. The fact that okay we've got butts came out, the Prime Minister said what he had to say. Now it's up to Canadians, that's what we're being told, it's up to Canadians to judge. But there's still a lot of questions and still quite a bit of hypocrisy. Uh, because, you know, the opposition asking for a police inquiry seems to me to be also meddling. There is some meddling there. Yeah, what do you mean a political party that. can ask 
that another political party be investigated, that is meddling as well. So, you know, perhaps, you know, we should actually start thinking about it and maybe covering this a little bit differently and asking certain questions like why did the minister not go to the Senate <coughs> committee when the Senate was but studying the bill on deferred prosecution? This, yeah, this issue what? has, sorry, no, this issue ahead. has writ large validated what people hate about politics, Absolutely. period, yes. right? There's Just kind of the unsavoriness, bickering, yeah. bickering showmanship, yeah. You know, grandstanding, and uh, and it's just um, it, it, and it just it turns people off. So that's I think why, that's why the resignation of Jane Philpott hurt them so badly. Yes, but we still because don't know she why was she seen resigned. As a woman of great integrity. Absolutely. She said why. No, she, she actually, said why in a actually, long note. I think I think perhaps she owes the Canadian the, people an explanation. Well, she's it's there. But this is fascinating. A if, written explanation, no questions. questions. That's good enough. That's uh, not good let enough. Let me just for go me. to Tanya and then Nick. If I believe that it would be very difficult for the Liberals to keep saying no to Jody Wilson-Raybould, who's written, I'd like to testify now. I haven't had a chance to talk about my full experience. I think there's material evidence I'd like to talk about. I think that's the biggest outstanding question. And Jody Wilson-Raybould still is in the driver's seat. What's your thought She on may that? not get that chance. I don't that's think right. that the yeah, Liberal-dominated committee will let her come back, frankly. I think they do think she's had her hour in the sun. But that will always hang in voters' minds, as yeah. Nick was saying, as a question unanswered, and why didn't they? And you know, So those who are inclined to distrust or mistrust the explanations to date will view that as more evidence for that. There will be points at which this controversy will flare up again for the government when the Ethics Commissioner reports, and at various points around it but I think there is a fatigue setting in because there's a fatigue with the non-answers as much as the answers and I think I do think people are kind of saying well you know I'll just put that in my back yeah, pocket you know, but that but that does not relieve any of us from our responsibility of pursuing those unanswered and not questions. allowing the former attorney general to talk kind of invalidates this whole idea of the liberals and Justin Trudeau doing politics Openness. differently because they blah, don't want blah. her to talk more. They want to shift over to focus yeah. on the budget that's coming up to try to change the channel. All right, I, I, we'll find out what happens. I'm intrigued. Remember, a budget is a confidence motion. It is a confidence it's, vote. And if, if Jane Philpott and Jody Wilson-Rabel say they don't have confidence, what are they going to do budget day if they're oh, still in confidence? Yeah. It'll be very interesting. Yeah. That is a confidence vote. All right, got to leave it on that little political riddle. And don't worry. Something will break tomorrow, and all everybody here will be on it. i got to thank Tonda, Joyce, Craig, and Nick, and thank all of you for watching. Great questions, great feedback in a very tumultuous political time. We will be back here to find out whatever happens in seven short days. Thanks for watching.